I'm Dr. Gene Hemsler, and you're listening to Money Talks, Atlanta's longest-running and most respected money show on radio. For more than 25 years, my associates and I have been providing straightforward, no-nonsense advice for your financial questions. Email us at drgene at hemsler.com. That's D-R-G-E-N-E at H-E-N-S-S-L-E-R dot com. This broadcast of Money Talks originally aired Saturday, September 14th, 2019. The only thing we have to fear... The economic health of this nation has been... ...for essential economic freedoms. The excessive decline... Greed. ...in the dollar... ...it's a late rally on Wall Street... ...too big to fail... ...growing the economy... ...growing the economy... It's amazing what's been going on with the economy. Welcome. Welcome. This is Monitor. Good morning. What up, fam? I'm back. It's Troy Harmon. You're listening to Money Talks, Atlanta's longest-running, most respected money show on radio. And I usually don't let that run to the radio. But hey, why not hear a bit of a nuclear blast, right? Uh, <laughs> it was the, the fireworks fanfare for my return. I like uh, it. Anyway, been out a couple of weeks uh, on vacation, but um, welcome I think back. We had a best of show over uh, over the Labor Day weekend, and uh, last week I had one of my guys fill in for me, and uh, it's good to be back. We have a we have a best of. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. Best of. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> I mean everything's relative, Michael. I That's mean, right. <laughs> and uh, the voice you just heard was Michael Griffin. In case anybody wants to throw rotten fruit, uh, make sure you direct it at him. <laughs> Absolutely. Michael Griffin is a CFP, a certified financial planner certificate, as I'm told we're supposed to refer to you guys as. Uh, can't use those uh, designations as a noun. That's correct. So uh, he works in our planning and implementation department. And uh, Peter Lynch is also a financial planner out of our financial planning group, uh, planning and implementation at Hensler Financial. And, uh, guys, it's good to have you on. We uh, hope to answer a few questions about uh, finance and savings and uh, various ways that people can increase their wealth, uh, especially aimed at retirement, uh, but it doesn't necessarily have to be aimed at retirement, right? Right. Not at all. But uh, why don't we start out talking about the S&P 500, which is, hey, it's up this week about 1.4%. And, uh, it's doing good. And no doubt, if you look year to date, we are knocking the cover off the ball up 22%. Now, in, uh, in the case of this week, Looks like energy has had a, a resurgence, uh, 3.3% positive. Real estate is down 1.58. It's the only sector down. Uh, financials have rallied well, 3.23% in the week, 2.86 for uh, materials and the industrials at 2.69. The rest are uh, somewhat, yeah, the, the, the uh, defensive uh, consumer staples, utilities, uh, healthcare are all up, but uh, not huge. It's, been, it's good to see energy bounce back. It, it's been hit kind of hard. Lately. It has, yeah. Um, you know, energy's had a tough couple of years, actually. Um, you know, um, Saudi Arabia and uh, the OPEC, um, uh, what do you call that? A conglomerate? It's not a conglomerate. Uh, OPEC is a. Yeah, the uh, we know what you're the group of yeah yeah anyway group of oil producing producing nations yes. along with Russia, 
decided mm. that they would overproduce, uh, you know, from their oil wells for a couple of years trying to uh, knock out the Bakken shell out of North Dakota uh, at a certain price, it was thought, and, and came to be true that uh, it wouldn't be profitable for uh, for U.S. companies or those abroad that actually had activity in, in uh, the Bakken shale fields of western North Dakota to produce oil. So, um, you know, I talk about energy all the time being a managed market. It's uh, it's mm-hmm. one of those, it's, uh, you know, from time to time it gets really tough to invest in. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and oil being a commodity trades kind of contra to the dollar uh, right. since mm-hmm. it is priced in dollars. If you ever see dollar weakening, you will see oil spike higher. I think $140 a barrel was hit in none other than 2008 in the middle of our previous recession so uh you know the dollar was very weak and uh and oil uh, countered that with a with a huge run higher uh at least for a little while through through mid 2008 and then uh, it started waning again but yeah since about 2014 uh the energy space has been tough to invest in so Mm -hmm. uh it is good to see a little of that come back but you do know what that means, Michael. That means you're going to be paying more at the pump if uh, if crude prices rise, and they usually go up much quicker than they come down. You're right. You're right. right. I was just I was just thinking about the stock price destroy. That's all I was thinking about. But yeah, but hey, listen. But then you now, bring up the negative side of it. That's no, fine. I I'll tell you this. I've had this conversation <laughs> with my dad before. He could confirm it. Uh, he used to complain to me about the fact of what I just said. You know, you see crude oil prices spike higher. Uh, the price at the pump goes up, and then it, mm-hmm. you know you'll hear the news that uh, crude prices have fallen, but the price at the pump always seems to linger a little higher for much longer than you expected. And I told him, you know how do you cure that? Cure your anger at the oil companies. You invest. Invest. You invest in oil companies. That's true. Because yeah. what winds up happening is you get the benefit of the profits, right? That's true. Mm-hmm. So at that point, you put gas in your car and expect your dividend to show up in your account, and life's good. That's, that's a good fair. idea. That's yeah. fair. That's like like so. So there's you one of those other motivations uh, <laughs> as to why you should invest. Um, but it, like it. it works real well in those staples that we use every day. I mean, you know, invest in those things. Number one, most of them do provide a significant dividend right. uh, for their investors, oil companies included. And, um, you know, at that point then, you uh, you know that when prices go higher and you're paying more at the pump, uh, at least you're getting some return. Benefit. Yeah, at least exactly. you're getting some return on it. Yeah, this is this is how you should hedge too. If you're a if you're a uh, business owner, think about it. If you're if you're a business owner and you have a business that is very cyclical, meaning that it's sensitive to the business cycle. When uh, things are doing well, it does well. But if it's very sensitive to recessions, mm-hmm. uh, might be a great reason for you to buy some of those staple like companies. Uh, that that are uh, contracyclical, if you will, which means you know a, a person in a in an industrial type business that mm-hmm. is also an investor investing for their retirement should probably be overweight staples and overweight uh, healthcare and overweight utilities. Those companies that do tend to make their money no matter what. You know you're going to always have the lights on. You're always going to buy certain things, food, you know, groceries, right? Uh, cigarettes. Healthcare, cigarettes. Uh, <laughs> I mean. <laughs> 
we do have exposure to cigarettes in our portfolios, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, people people don't tend to change those habits. Right. They uh, don't just because of because of where we are in the economic cycle. So, uh, thanks for leading me into that, Michael. Whether it be intentional or not. Wow. Yeah. There you go. Uh, if you look. Um, Year-to-date, we're up 22.07%, led by information technology, which is up 33.5% year-to-date. Ooh. Unbelievable. Healthcare, on the other hand, is up, but it's up less than everything else, 7.11%. Energy, as you mentioned, 7.84%. And then materials, 1732 uh, Also at the top of the list, this week's... Laggard uh, real estate is up 28% over the last 12, or no, that's year-to-date again. Year to date. If you look at the last 12 months, now we had an event back in the last fall that a lot of folks forgot about because what happened? Uh, we recovered from it pretty quickly. Quickly, right? very quickly. But uh, it, December was, November, December weren't, were not great months at the no, end of the year. Yeah, uh, basically that, that decline started um, September 20th was the top of the market. Um, and it fell, the, the S&P 500 at least fell uh, through December 24th. At the time, we lost almost 20% on the S&P 500. I think the price uh, return was like negative 19.78%. Um, mm-hmm. Since then, we've recovered and we're up 6.5%. So uh, for the year, if you wanted to for the year, meaning the last 12 months, we're up 6.57%. And guess what? Utilities are the big winner, up 21%. So uh, they didn't decline as much. This mm-hmm. is, again, to that point. Like you just talked you know, about. Yeah, it's it's a counter-cyclical move. Uh, utilities up 21%. Real estate, another one of those uh, staple-like products, uh, doesn't fluctuate in price near as much as uh, some of the others. Up 20.57, consumer staples up 14.87. Then you get to technology, which is up 12.5%. On the bottom of that, energy, as you said, uh, Michael, you know, been getting getting beat uh, pretty soundly down 15% in the last 12 months. So uh, um, it's good to be a purchaser of gasoline relative to a year ago. <laughs> True. Uh, but maybe not so much an investor in uh, those types of stocks. So... Um, <clears throat> that's the uh, the news from that space. If you look, uh, probably the biggest news and economic news, uh, biggest release in economic news uh, over the last week, uh, employment situation came out last Friday. Uh, labor market uh, moderated further in August. We got an increase of 130,000 jobs. We were expecting almost 160,000 to have been created. Uh, at 130, we uh, actually keep up pretty well with uh Population growth, I think it's right at 127,000 or something like that, that um, we expect over uh, over month over month. So we have mm-hmm. to create that many jobs in order to st- uh, stay up with uh, population growth. Um, mortgage application surveys kind of uh, weakened since uh, we haven't had much move in interest rates and uh, producer price index. We saw... Um, Prices were up 0.4%. That producer price index is uh, kind of a precursor to inflation that you pay um, just buying all the goods that you might enjoy. All right, we're going to take a real quick break here. You're listening to Money Talks. Uh, When we get back, we'll have a dog of the week, and we'll get into a case study. Stick around.
Did you know that nearly 11% of residents and 12% of children in Cobb County live below the poverty line? That's thousands of families doing without, which is especially sad during the holidays. The Center for Family Resources has been bringing the community together to collect food items for low-income families in Cobb County for over 30 years. Through our Thanks for Giving program, we provide holiday food boxes during the Thanksgiving break filled with ingredients for families to cook their own traditional holiday meal. Plus, since Thanksgiving we can put an extra strain on a family's food budget while children are home from school, we provide extras like breakfast foods, pasta, and peanut butter for those added meals. How can you help? Go to the CFR.org to volunteer, raise money, or start a drive through your business, church, neighborhood, or civic organization or school. That's the CFR.org, and thanks for giving. You This is the dog. The dog of the week. All right, dog of the week this week is. Uh, I'm, I'm going to approach this one a little different than I normally do. Uh, by the way, I like that music. It's especially coming up on Halloween. It's a little bit of a howl at the moon, right? That's dogs. right. Dogs mm-hmm. are good at that stuff. Uh, right around the corner. Yeah. Um, so if you guys were to rule. You got an employee, just theoretically. Y'all play along with me for a minute. Okay. The employee dies on a business trip. Is that uh, work related? Yes. I, I would. <clears throat> it depends on how they die. Okay. Let's hear this. Uh, how? I mean, what's what's cool? What's not cool? I mean, if they died on a plane crash on a business trip, that's oh, business okay. related. Well, what if they weren't mm. working at the time? I mean, we all have some leisure time. Even when you're on a business mm. trip, you might be say you were eating dinner or at a bar or something like that. A, a obvious leisure time event. It's still. You're working. I mean, I guess right. it's still a business trip. I, okay. You're well, going to write that off, right? Well, as an I expense. Mean, yeah, I guess. So uh, the the dog of the week this week comes out of Paris, France, and uh, we gotta we gotta know. I mean, our legal system is different a bit from France's, right? Yeah. Uh, there was a guy on a business trip. Um, he wasn't at the hotel that he had uh, booked and stayed at for the business trip. In fact, he wandered off a little bit. Uh, found a person who he didn't even know, and uh, they decided that they would uh, have affairs, if you know what I'm saying. Guy on the business trip who works for TSO, it's a train company out of France, uh, died of a heart attack during the act, if you want to follow along again, between the lines. Yeah. Okay. The French court has now said... The company is responsible for his death because he was on a business trip. Even though he was, <laughs> the company is fighting as hard as they can, uh, saying that uh, he was on his own time, basically doing his own thing. That wasn't even part of the duties <laughs> he was sent to do. Uh, clearly, that wasn't his job. <laughs> I mean, I, I kind of, I kind of agree with the with the company there. I mean, you I, know, I mean, I would have to agree with it too. But hey. We're talking legal, and this is France, and that's their ruling. Can you believe that? I, I would have never agreed with the with the ultimate <clears throat> ruling of this, but uh, that is what they've decided. So, um, 
I guess, I mean, what's the lesson to learn here? If you're a company, be careful who you send out. Be careful where you <laughs> send true. them. Uh, do you need to make sure that you have, I don't know, I, how do you protect yourself from this? I don't know. I mean, I was thinking in my head, what if you went on a business trip to Florida somewhere and then you decided to go swim with the sharks and the sharks ate you? I mean, that's not really the company's fault that you died. That's your fault for swimming with the sharks. Yeah, but I mean, I guess if you were swimming off the coast of France, <laughs> uh, this could be an issue, right? That's true. Yeah. Right. I, it, anyway, I, I just found that it was very strange. The story comes out of Fox News, again, you know, from uh, from Paris. But that truly is the ruling of the the uh, court of the where does it say Court of Appeal of Paris. Hmm. So the ruled that a workplace accident. That is a workplace, workplace accident. accident. Yeah. So are they just fight to not have to pay his life insurance. Are they? I I mean they're being held responsible. It doesn't really get into the details of what they're responsible for, huh. but it is being ruled a workplace accident. I would assume then <laughs> that I mean if that's the ruling. Yeah, his insurance should pay for it, wouldn't you think? Anything that they have is yeah. is going to be... Well, hopefully he's got a wife and she gets a life insurance policy. Well, <laughs> yeah. I, I, the, the person that, uh, I mean, all over the story, it says a rank stranger. This was a stranger that uh, that he right. was uh, dealing with in, uh, right. uh, in his downtime if you will i don't know mm-hmm. all right so um we can move on from that now before it gets any more <laughs> uncomfortable but i i Agreed. really gotta say that uh that mm. is the most bizarre ruling yeah. i think i've uh i've ever heard but <laughs> maybe there's an attorney out there that would like to call and, and uh, give us an education on these sorts of things if you do um i'm sure you can get a hold of us seven seven oh four two nine nine one six six Ask for uh, the radio show or Kelly Lynn, and uh, she'll be able to take care of you and get your um, question or education to us, and uh, we'd be happy to read that back on the air. Uh, In the meantime, uh, Michael, at the break, you did ask something about uh, why would mortgage rates slow down, or maybe what's the the driving force behind it? Troy, I was just wondering if, if possibly, you know, we've talked a lot over the past couple of months about about interest rates yeah, and uh, the, continuing to decline and the yeah. possibility that they may decline more over the next right um you know six to even 12 months yeah. and i was just wondering if you thought or if we thought you know possibly that the decline was due to the fact that people were waiting to see what happened with interest rates and see if they could get a better very a better well rate very well could that be. Makes, and, and, it makes sense. Yeah, and if you look at uh, some of the numbers from the past week, uh, I will tell you that interest rates increased this week. So um, in the, uh, let me look real quick, 30-year mortgage uh, increased by 20, uh, 18 basis points oh. hmm. uh, on average. This is a national average. 30-year uh, fixed mortgage uh, increased to 3.84%, up 18 basis points. Usually when you have an increase like that, uh, it it's going to supersede expectations. But I do believe that most people have heard the news that uh, a lot of a lot of folks are expecting a recession. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. That being the case, uh, it, it's not real surprising. And it could be the expectation of lower interest rates would drive uh, that activity lower. But I, I really believe when you see it rising 18 basis points, it's... 
Uh, and they're still real low. I mean, 3.84%, no, it's still very uh, reasonable. The 10-year uh, increased 22 basis points, or 0.22% this week. And even the, the two-year uh, was up um, 19 basis points, 0.19%. And, by the way, the inversion in the yield curve that we had talked about previous um, in, in previous shows where the two-year yield was higher than the 10-year, uh, it has corrected itself, but we're still only six basis points or 0.06% differential. 1.71 is the two-year, 1.77 is the 10-year, and uh, even that, um, you know, is is kind of in flux. We see uh, interest rates have increased slightly over hmm. the last um, couple of weeks, at least, because at one point we were down to like 1.36. Yes. Uh, mm-hmm. On the on the 10-year, so. Uh, about a 35 basis point increase over the last couple of weeks. Not real surprising that we would see a change in uh, consumer activity or consumer behavior, um, you know, kind of putting off that uh, mortgage refi. They, many of them thought they were striking while the iron was hot. But uh, And the Fed is expected to cut rates they are. the next several rounds. They really are, right? yeah. September, uh, I think it's October and December. So maybe three more before the end of the year and maybe even another in uh, in mm. January. So yeah. um, even though some of the uh, some of the PPI that I just talked about, we see inflation and we also see a cut in interest rates that usually uh, those two don't go hand in hand. Usually mm. it's when um, you know, when inflation is, is uh, tightening or, or slowing or maybe even declining that you start seeing the Fed want to bump uh, interest rates lower. But uh, the, the talk is still pretty uh, widespread that we're going to have more interest rate cuts by the end of the year. So um, that, meeting's, that meeting's next week, right? So we should know yeah, next yeah. Wednesday. So we'll, yeah, we'll see what comes of that. But, I, you know, the, the probability numbers, according to... Uh, options markets on the treasury uh, yields are still indicating that we'll see a, an interest rate cut. So, uh, you know, it's one of those things. We'll just have to wait and see. But, of course. Uh, and but, some people still really think believe. there's influence from the White House. Oh, I don't doubt it. Uh, the, the White House has been very vocal about that sort very. of thing, and I'll be honest with you, and, and publicly vocal. I mean, if he's going to uh, do it, why not be open and, and uh, show us a little bit of clarity at least? Uh, you know, there's some transparency here, um, but yeah. it's not really the Fed's no. duty to uh, support the president's <laughs> wishes. They need to look at uh, data, and uh, that's what I would hope that they're doing. And um, I believe that December of last year, prove to us that no matter what the president says, they might go the opposite direction because he was really harping that we should have a rate cut in December and or at least stand pat and do nothing, and we had a rate increase. Right. Uh, to be honest with you, that's part of what kicked off our volatile session uh, leading up to December. Um, <clears throat> so before we... Take a break. Let's go real quick here and uh, and introduce our um, uh, situation, we'll call it. We've got Gus and Christine who are uh, still early in their careers and uh, potential. they have potential to make plenty of money in the future. Gus has a Roth IRA. Uh, what in the world was that? A Roth <laughs> IRA. I'm trying to make IRA and a 401k together. Uh, anyway, he's uh, he's got a, a Roth IRA. From his high school years, his dad was big about, and uh, the parents, listen to this, his dad was big about making him do jobs for his small business, paying him and putting it all in a Roth 
IRA, which is totally legal. It's yep. uh, above board. You can do it. Uh, so with your young children, if you want to get them kind of off to a great start, that's a good way to do it. Yep. Um, but the uh, you know his wife has got a 401k and she's really a little apprehensive about making that into a Roth uh, 401k, which a lot of options, uh, a lot of companies have that as an option these days. So when we come back, we're going to talk extensively about this situation. It might be one that you find yourself in, um, and maybe it uh, it's just fun and interesting for you to talk about. We'll be right back. You're listening to Money Talks. Stick around. Broadcasting from atop the Hensler Financial Building in the heart of Georgia's financial district, Kennesaw, Georgia, this is Money Talks. We're back. You're listening to Money Talks. I'm Troy Harmon here today with Michael Griffin and none other than the real Peter Lynch. Uh, by right. that, I mean he's, he's our Peter Lynch. He's, That's right. He's uh, Both of these guys are... Um, financial planners in our planning and implementation department at Hensler Financial, and uh, we are here to answer your questions. For those of you that have questions you would like for us to answer specifically for you, we'd love to hear from you. You can call our question hotline at one 429 9166 The way it works, you call in, uh, listen to our recording, leave your own recording, including your question that you have for us. We play the question on the air and uh, answer right behind it. Um, if you prefer to speak to a human, you can call 770-429-9166, ask for the radio show or Kelly Lynn, and uh, she will guide you through getting your question to us and uh, answered again on the air. Now, if you prefer not to talk to anybody, not to leave a message, you can email us at drgene at hensler.com. That's D-R-G-E-N-E at H-E-N-S-S. L-E-R.com. Uh, Hensler.com is also the way that you can um, find many of uh, the que- or answers to the questions you might have, as long as they're broad enough. Uh, we do have uh, quite a, a plethora of information. You like that word, Michael? Yeah. I like it. Oh, yeah. Awesome. Big, big word, Troy. Yeah. I mean, once in a while, I whip one out on you. <laughs> uh, anyway... Uh, so uh, there you go. Uh, you can uh, you can go to our website and find information. Uh, just look around. We've got quite a few resources on there that uh, are aimed at helping investors and savers and uh, those who are looking to have a, a more uh, comfortable retirement. We'll call it that. Absolutely. All right. So uh, when we last spoke, we were talking about Gus and Christine, who are still early in their careers. Uh, Gus had been the benefit had uh, benefited from the fact that his dad was a business owner and uh, paid him and put his money in a uh, Roth IRA. Uh, because of that, Gus likes the Roth benefit, but uh, Christine 
who has a uh, 401k at her office uh, prefers to go the traditional route. So, guys, um, how do y'all want to flesh this out? I mean, there's some there's some things that you need to talk about and think about before a decision like that would be made, right? Absolutely. And first of all, I'd just like to start with the fact that I think Gus's dad did the right decision, and, and kudos to him for making yeah. him save to a Roth at a at a young age. I think that yeah. was a a good decision. Yeah. Um, the earlier, the better. Is, absolutely. Is always, always. Uh, our always. mantra. Yeah, because because the time. Uh, actually benefit you greatly. Absolutely. And I don't disagree with, with, with Gus's decision-making here on what he wants uh, Christine to do. I mean, they're they're below the uh, the income threshold right now where they can still save to a Roth IRA. So what is that threshold, Michael? Uh, for a married filing jointly, it's uh, between uh, $193,000 and $203,000 okay. uh, annually. So they're still underneath that uh, income threshold. So... You know, saving to a Roth is a is a good idea um, because it certainly has some some benefits to it. Um, you know, they they could take money out of it tax free for you know first time home purchase. You know that kind of thing. A Roth has certainly has more flexibility uh, than an IRA or a 401k. Now to that point, but you can uh, borrow from your 401k, right? You can. You have but to pay it back. You have to pay it back, yeah. and you're paying yourself interest when you're doing that. Yeah, but it's, it's not as good. It's not as good, but to that point, I mean, I definitely think Christine should uh, put into her 401k at least up to what the company is matching, because right. you yep. certainly don't want to leave free money on the table. Exactly. That's what I was going to say. Free money. If your company matches what you're putting into the 401k up to a certain percentage, yeah. it's free money. So and they you have won't to do take that advantage. in the Roth? Not in a, not well, in not a Roth in IRA. IRA in an IRA, you're outside the company, so there's right. no way for you to do that, right? Exactly. Right. That's and then there's... there's tax characterization that we got to consider here too right so the traditional comes in before tax mm-hmm. correct meaning that you don't pay tax on that as income currently but in the future when you're either taking it out or forced to take it out mm-hmm. at the age of 70 and a half or older then you, you pay, pay tax or, or as income if, tax yeah, yeah as if it's income exactly right so uh and with a roth you pay the tax first mm-hmm. put it in and then there's no tax uh, liability on it and no forever, required basically. minimum distribution yeah so, so. you you're not forced at 70 and a half to take the money so there yeah. are some differences in in the two yeah there um, certainly are and you could you know you could leave it in like as peter was saying you could certainly leave it in the raw till you're till you're 80 or or you know whatever whatever you needed to do if you didn't need it you could you could leave it there and, and let it continue to grow tax-free yeah which is you know that's that's a big that's it's a big word yeah. yeah and it's it's huge and michael made a good point earlier um, you've got, you know, they're younger, they're not, their income isn't over that 203000 so, and everybody's situation is different, but at some point, if their incomes combined are over 203000 the Roth IRA at that point is not even an option. They're not going to be able to contribute to that Roth if they make more, more than, than the 203000 yeah. Right. So why not take advantage of Do that it now while you can? While you can, and, and I'll, I'll even admit this on myself, like that, that's what I'm doing. I'm I'm putting some in my 401k. Boy, that doesn't but I'm seem making, like a bad thing to tell on yourself. But I'm making sure. Well, no, I'm just using myself as an example that oh, okay. I'm I'm trying to max out the Roth uh, every year sure. while, while I'm while my wife and I are underneath the income threshold yeah. uh, to to do that because I think it's good to have a mix of 
of both. Well, there you go. I and agree see, with that too. this is this is where you know, in my world, the investment world, I always talk about being diversified so you avoid certain risks. Hundred percent. Well, um, think about this: diversification. Did I say that right? Diversification. So. You did. I did, but I put a, a little bit of a weird. Uh, <laughs> I put the wrong emphasis on the wrong syllable. Uh, (laughs) Throws over here a little twang on emphasis, but it's fine. (laughs) But the thing of it is, um, thanks, Michael, for accepting me anyway. Uh, But the the thing is, uh, you want to diversify both the the holdings within your portfolio so that you get uh, the benefits of those uh, that diversification. But you also would like to diversify the, the vehicles you use in which to save, right? 100%. Yeah. And uh, why? Well, because we don't know what tax rates are going to do in the future. Right. And and, and also the fact that you're not forced. Uh, you know, there's a lot of people that might save. They get to the finish line and they say, wow, I've got a million dollars. But if it's all in the traditional 401k, guess what? It's all a million taxable. minus the tax. Yeah. yeah. So but if you have 500 in a traditional 401k and 500 in a Roth... Yeah, that tax consequence is much less. Yeah, because and and not only that, you can you can use it uh, to benefit you. Say you have also a taxable account, a brokerage account, if you will. Mm-hmm. Uh, you might have big gains in your brokerage account that that you don't want to take during a certain period of time. But if you have losses, you could take the loss and offset some of the gain from your traditional 401k, right? Mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah. So. Uh, you know, it it allows you to open up to uh, certain uh, strategies that you could use to to kind of manage your tax situation, which mm-hmm. people yeah. don't think about. The most common thing for folks to do is put all their money in a traditional 401k and leave it there. Now, we're not telling Christine to go into the Roth IRA to do this. If she has the option, you can do a Roth 401k, right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. you could still get the match from the company, could you not? You could. Yeah, so yep. you, you don't miss that benefit. Uh, but you also get to characterize it as, you know, as we just talked, um, the way Gus would like to do his. Yep. And there, there are benefits to both on the inside when you're contributing right. and when the money's coming out, too. There are tax strategies. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, and again, I mean, it's not the the focus of this topic, this conversation, but I I do think that it's very wise to think about also saving some some after tax money into a non retirement type account. You could use your savings there, and and again, you know, kind of manage your your whole tax situation by using those three in conjunction. Hundred percent. Everybody needs to have an emergency fund, and um, you know, also it. Christine also has some student loans, so, you know, she needs to make sure that she manages those properly, pays those down uh, as quickly as is feasible, Right. you know, because and that those comes interest to, rates are going to be, you know, higher than... Right. But than it is a, a question about the interest rate, right? Right. That's where that decision's made. So if you mm-hmm. can make more in the market, in the market then pay the minimum and, and, and keep them going. But if your interest rates are really high, obviously yeah. look at refinancing or... Or try to pay them down as quickly as possible. I know this yep. is not a student loan conversation, but no, but it's still she does I have mean, them. So yeah. financial planning is is kind of like going to the chiropractor and you tell him your hip hurts, but you don't know why your shoulder hurts. Also, we tell you it's all connected. Well, with financial planning, 100%. it is. It's all connected as well. You can't do one without thinking about two or three others. No, you have to look at somebody's overall 
situation as a whole. Exactly, and uh, thanks for bringing that up then, Michael. Uh, We are going to take a real quick break, and when we come back, we will answer some financial questions. Stick around. You're listening to Money Talks, and uh, Michael's going to have some brilliance for us. You won't want to miss that. Broadcasting from atop the Hensler Financial Building in the heart of Georgia's financial district, Kennesaw, Georgia, this is Money Talks. We're back. You're listening to Money Talks. I'm Troy Harmon here with Michael Griffin and Peter Lynch. And uh, we've uh, we've been covering several topics, not the least of which was... uh, some uh, debate over a 401k or a Roth IRA. Uh, the two are a bit different. Uh, if you have your own questions you'd like for us to answer, you can get our question hotline at one eight five five four two nine nine one six six. You uh, listen to our voice recording. You leave your message, including your question. We answer it on the air. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, if you prefer not to leave a message, you can call and talk to a human being. 770-429-9166 is where you can reach us for that. You can also use that same number, again, 770-429-9166, to call in and ask for Michael Griffin or Peter Lynch, and uh, either one of them would be happy to help you Absolutely. Uh, with your financial questions, financial planning, uh, investments, whatever you'd like. Um, and uh, if you don't want to use the phone in that way, you can just email us at drgenehensler.com, D-R-G-E-N-E at H-E-N-S-S-L-E-R.com, uh, or go to our website, hensler.com, spelled again, H-E-N-S-S-L-E-R. Dot com, uh, where we have lots of information you can go on, check out, and uh, maybe you learn something, but you got to be open to it, right? The old lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. I've That's right. Told That's you where the pool is, you got to go there. <laughs> All right, so uh, we did have a question that's somewhat related to what we've been talking about. This is uh, from Jimmy from Sandy Springs. Uh, he says, What should I consider when I'm looking to convert my IRA to a Roth? IRA. Now, this is not a question of should I just start investing in this vehicle. Oh. This is I've got a he's got one a traditional IRA, so it's after tax mo- or before tax money, mm-hmm. and I want to put it into a Roth IRA, which is before tax money. So there's going to be some pay in the piper, right? Tax consequences. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the first thing to consider, obviously, Jimmy, is what tax bracket are you in, and how much is this going to hurt? Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're going to have to pay the IRS some money. Yes, and it, and it's important, too, that when you do that conversion and pay that tax, that tax has to come from somewhere, another source, Well, that's true. not from the IRA that you're converting. Okay, so, so you've got to have some savings elsewhere. Exactly. All yep. right. Yep, so that's so, important. And, and let's face it, um, I've done the math before. Really, the differential is the tax bracket. Yes. What is your current tax bracket relative to what is your future tax bracket? Well, how do you know? If you can tell me specifically <laughs> what your future tax bracket is, I want to talk to you because I've got a place in research where you can tell me what's going to happen tomorrow, and uh, we can invest and make lots of money together. But I have not found that person yet. No. No. So, uh, Michael, to your point, 
high tax brackets are unlikely to be the best source for these types of right, accounts. Right, right. And, and, and what we recommend to uh, to a lot of our clients, because look, this this comes up, um, you know, on on a regular basis. And Jimmy, I don't know how old you are or if you're nearing retirement, but uh, sometimes if you go ahead and retire before you have to start taking required minimum distributions, you end up having a nice little window there where you are able to convert without having to pay a substantial amount of taxes because you might be in a lower tax bracket uh, over those years before you had to start taking required minimum distributions. Now, if you're already taking Social Security, that could, you know, that's income to you. If you have a pension or something like that, that's income to you as well. So that may keep you in a high tax bracket. But without knowing those factors, it's it's hard for us to give a definitive answer on this. But yeah, we'd need more information yes. for sure. But you're saying that there's a, a a heightened probability that it would be a good option for you if you're between that 59 and a half and 70 and a half, and you're retired and retired, right? And having nowhere little income. Correct. Okay. Or so even if the market's pulled back, you've okay. got a lower amount that you're going to pay taxes on. Yeah. So market's yeah. down 20, 30 percent you're going to pay tax on a much lower amount. Yeah. That's fair. All right. And can you do a partial conversion? You absolutely sure. can. Most of most of our clients do that. So we, you know, if they have 5 years before they turn 70 and a half, we would we would structure it so say maybe they convert $20,000 a year, it keeps them below a certain tax threshold. They do that for 5 years. They get that money converted. Maybe they don't convert the whole thing, but you know, that's less money they have to take out at 70 and a half. Yeah, absolutely. And that's right. a good point, too, that you're not bumping yourself into a higher tax bracket by doing a full conversion. Absolutely. At time. Absolutely. You can certainly spread it out. Oh, okay. All right. Well, that's uh, all great information. Hopefully that helped. Uh, we do have another question here from Larry from Powder Springs. He says, I'm curious to get your opinions on Shopify. I bought it on a whim. First lesson, don't buy stock <laughs> on a whim. I uh, bought it on a whim earlier in the year, and it has more than doubled on me. That's great news. Uh, part of me wants to take my profit and run. The other part says uh, just wait a little longer to get long-term capital gains. Well, it, it is wise to uh, uh, consider your tax situation. Obviously, you've uh, bought this in a traditional uh, uh, brokerage account, so you're, you're uh, going to have to worry about Paying your short-term capital gain, which will be at your regular income level, right? Your, mm -hmm. your ordinary income. Ordinary income tax uh, level. Uh, if you wait for a year, then you get the benefit of long-term uh, capital gains, uh, which is potentially potential. It could be zero, fifteen percent, or twenty percent again. Yeah. You know, depending on your specific situation. Um, now let's talk a little about the company. Uh, while I like the fact that uh, they have uh, revenue growing at approximately 75%, that's pretty wow. substantial. Uh, yeah. I don't like the fact that they are not profitable. This is a relatively new company. Uh, if those of you are wondering, it's a cloud-based uh, multi-channel commerce platform. Does that sound familiar to anybody? Maybe Amazon. Amazon. Yeah, this is uh, going to be an Amazon competitor. Um, and uh, they, what they do is they, they specifically seek out small to medium-sized businesses for their commerce platform. So um, it allows businesses, small businesses um, in the U.S., the U.K., and Canada to kind of run a, a sales, a store, if you will, 
uh, online, and they have hmm. some they have some pretty good uh, analytics and reporting hmm. behind the scenes. So um, you know, it, it gives you. Uh, a bit of a value add on top of the fact that you can get on there and, and uh, sell your wares. Um, Shopify, uh, again, the long-term growth expectation for earnings is about 45%. However, over the past five years, earnings have declined by 21.9%. So, uh, That's scary. Yeah, it is. I would call this a speculation, the fact that you already own it and uh, you've got the potential to pay... Uh, a, a great amount in tax might tell me to, you know, hang on three, four months. Don't know when you bought it. Don't know what your tax bracket is. Um, but, you know, if it's going to be significantly more than um, 20% or 15%, whatever your situation might be, which are the two most likely. I mean, it's mm-hmm. not often mm-hmm. you run into somebody who has a job and is paying zero as a, right. as a you know, on a capital gain. And that could invest in a on a whim right. into a company. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, that's that usually is a good sign. Good point, Michael. Um, you know, it's it's not likely that you're gonna run across a situation where you couldn't wait. Now I look at this year to date the company is up hundred and fifty nine percent. Just absolutely good. awesome. <laughs> yeah, pretty good. Uh but if you look, um it is very volatile. So in the drawdown from nine twenty through December twenty fourth of last year this company lost almost 29%. The market overall lost a little less than 20%. So it is significantly more volatile mm-hmm. during those bad times, or it has at least a history of significant volatility relative to the overall market. So be very aware of that. If you're looking uh, expected PE, again, it doesn't have any earnings right now, but um, the forward P.E., which means the uh, current price divided by expected earnings, is only 578 Only, I say, as a joke. Uh, the P.E. Obviously. of the overall market is about 21 right now. So um, it shows you this is a very expensive company. Uh, if taxes aren't huge, uh, if there's not a huge differential, I would get rid of this thing Absolutely. today. There's nothing wrong with taking a profit. Yeah, of that, course. I, that's exactly what I was thinking, Troy. I mean, yeah. wh- why, why? I mean, if if it's a huge tax consequence, fine. Yeah. Or maybe if you can sell some of it and only take a partial. Uh-huh. Yes. Yeah, I mean, take your take your gains. Yeah, no doubt. All right, well, Larry, I hope that helps. Uh, we've come to the end of our fun. Uh, guys, what do you think? Market up, market down. Next week. I hope it's up, Troy. I hope it's up. I gotta say up. All right, I say up. I'm a broken record. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to Money Talks. We'll catch you next week. All material presented is compiled from sources believed to be reliable and current, but accuracy cannot be guaranteed. The contents are intended for general information purposes only. Information provided should not be the sole basis in making any decisions and is not intended to replace the advice of a qualified professional, such as a tax consultant, insurance advisor, or attorney. Although this material is designed to provide accurate and authoritative information with respect to the subject matter, it may not apply in all situations. This is not to be construed as an offer to buy or sell any financial instruments. It is not our intention to state, indicate, or imply in any manner that current or past results are indicative of future profitability or expectations. Portfolio holdings discussed are subject to change. There is no guarantee that in the future these securities will be held in the Hensler accounts. 
As with all investments, there are associated inherent risks. Please obtain and review all financial material carefully before investing. Hensler is not licensed to offer or sell insurance products. This overview is not to be construed as an offer to purchase any insurance products.